Welcome to the Beltway Broadcast, the premier podcast for the workplace learning and talent development professionals of the Association for Talent Development's Metro DC chapter. We've got some great resources in store for you today. Hello, fellow ATDers. I'm Leticia Niago, the 2021 Vice President of Learning for the Metro DC chapter of the Association for Talent Development. And I'm Christina Eanes, Director of Virtual Programs. We also have Helena Hodges, and Helena is our Director of Technology and Operations, and she served as our producer. For today's episode, we are interviewing Lucas Group Executive Search Firm's Senior Partner, Lara Worley. Welcome, Lara. Thank you so much for having me on this afternoon. Happy to be here. Good, good. Before we jump into our topic of recruiting executives in the talent development field, can you please share a little bit about yourself with our listeners? Absolutely. So I am, as you've said, a senior partner and executive recruiter with Lucas Group's HR search practice. Um, we are a nationwide executive search firm, actually started as a military transition firm for those that were exiting the service looking for corporate jobs. And since then, we just celebrated our 51st anniversary. Since then, we have added other divisions, um, accounting and finance, IT, sales and marketing, HR, and legal. And I solely recruit for HR professionals um, across different industries, you know, size of companies. I specifically target those in the Northeast. So I sit in the DC area and cover up to Maine. So across industries, we really see it all, but anything that touches HR from your director of HR to total rewards to talent management and development, I am speaking to those professionals day in and day out and have been doing so for the last little over five years at this point. Wow, so interesting. I did not know this background about um, the Lucas Group. Would you share with us what does a typical process looks like for qualifying executive candidates in talent development and HR? Absolutely. So when I first seek out a candidate, you know, they come to us different ways. A lot of them will send us a resume directly. A lot of them I get from referrals and a lot of them I find myself typically through LinkedIn. My first call with candidates is always to do a deep dive into their backgrounds. I truly want to hear their stories, specifically how they got into human resources. I don't see a lot of people that really major undergrad in human resources. A lot of people fall into it, truthfully. Mm -hmm. um, so getting to hear the story requires a lot of active listening on my part to really get a good understanding of their background, what HR functions they have experience with. And then pivoting the conversation to get an idea of what they are looking for in their next role, what's important to them. Um, normally, I will cover areas such as the scope of their role, the leadership they're currently working under, the culture of their current organization, which is super important. Um, and obviously, as a recruiter, I've got to be respectful of people's time, especially if they're still working. Not everything can be covered in one conversation, so there is a lot of follow-up to get additional questions answered once I've identified a, a potential opportunity for the candidates. And it really is, is a big relationship building process. There are people that, you know, I spoke with five years ago that I just recently placed earlier this year. 
that, you know, we've just kept the relationship going. Maybe they weren't ready to make a move or maybe they'd come to me to help place people on their current team. So, um, you know, it's not just a one conversation with the majority of people that I talk to, but really getting to hear their journey through their career so far and find it fascinating. Wow. I love what you say about relationship buildings because it really is everything. I know a lot of people who have been able to leverage those kind of collaborations they've had in the past. And um, I'm glad that you're telling us that this actually does happen. Um, And it, yes, that's wonderful. What would you say are some things or some clues that let you know when someone is likely to be a good fit for an organization? Um, I know that, you know, especially at this level, you probably do find a lot of qualified candidates, but I know fit is a big deal. What would you say are some of the things that let you know when someone is likely to kind of work out? So I run a full desk here at Lucas Group, which means I work both the candidate and client side. However, a specific client could be owned by one of my coworkers, meaning I am responsible for solely getting candidates on a specific job. So all that being said, we do full debrief sessions with our team prior to submitting candidates. So we all have a good understanding of the company, the scope of the role, specific requirements for candidates, and and the culture is a huge piece of it. There's a ton that goes into it. Oftentimes, I will also have my one of my colleagues speak to a candidate to get their thoughts on whether they will be a good fit for the position. Another big piece of it is going to be what the candidate is looking for in their in their next role. What is important to them if they are going to make a move? That's a huge part of it, not just what I think. I want it to be a good next step for them and don't want them to take a job just to take a job. So matching skill sets, you know, of of the candidate to the client is certainly important. Personality is going to play a big part in it. Culture fits what the specific candidate is looking for in terms of leadership. So so there's a lot. And that's why I say that it's not just one conversation. You know, there's not a lot, not everything that I could cover in one conversation. So a lot goes into it when trying to figure out if a specific candidate is going to be a good fit for an organization. So for those individuals that are listening and they're interested in breaking into those executive ranks, you know, they want to become a part of that. And I know the answer is probably it depends on, you know, what are some suggestions that you have for them to become an executive? There's got to be some sort of like overarching things that they can work on to reach that level. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, like you said, it it certainly is going to depend on the organization and what they have to offer. What does their their structure look like in terms of, of HR? Who's sitting at the top? Is there growth potential? You know, could they come in at one position trying to figure out, you know, which area perhaps of HR that they really want to get into? Um, and then taking on more and more responsibilities, asking for more responsibilities. And then once you kind of figure out which area is of big interest for you is really trying to get into that point where perhaps you can manage a team. I mean, most executives that I speak to are managing a team, but didn't start out that way. You know, they may have gained somebody that is helping them on administrative tasks so they could focus on some more strategic initiatives or building out programs that take a lot of their time so they're not so much in the weeds. But I think it's really important 
to keep a close relationship with who you're reporting into, you know, and asking for that additional responsibility. Because if you just step back, you're never going to get it. You know, they think you're just complacent in what you're doing. Um, When you want to express to them, I want to be an HR manager. I want to be, you know, head of talent management one day. That's my goal. You know, they think in the back of their head, wow, they have goals and they don't want to just sit back and deal with the day-to-day stuff. You know, you you just need to keep striving for more and more to be put on your plate. Um, And again, not everybody wants that. But I think if you want to get to that executive level, you have to show initiative. You have to show that you want more. You love to build out a team and, and you want, you know, to get there one day. And if you, if you don't, then, then they're probably not going to tap you for the responsibility, honestly. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. Sure. It's interesting you say that because um, I have found myself that the same job title doesn't mean the same responsibilities in different companies. Would you agree to that? Absolutely. I mean, titles for in one organization can be completely different in another organization. You know, I think that and titles can be deceiving a little bit, you know, and an HR manager in one organization can be completely different in another organization. Sometimes you'll have people reporting into you. Sometimes you won't. Um, and you can't just tell that when when candidates and when people are applying for jobs and they see an open HR manager role, they read the job description it might not have all that goes into the job. They think it's wonderful. They go through the interview process and then they get into the role and it's completely different than what they thought, which is, you know, an unfortunate circumstance when that happens for people. But certainly titles, sometimes they definitely don't match organization to organization. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Um, you mentioned culture a little bit earlier. And so, you know, when searching for candidates, how much does the company's culture impact whether or not you will choose to present that candidate to them? I think it's huge. Yeah, this is a huge, huge topic and has been. Um, When speaking with candidates, I often ask about their company's culture, their current company, what what they like, what they would want to see different. Um, I have found, honestly, that the company culture of a candidate's current organization can often be one of the biggest reasons they are looking for a new opportunity. Um, You know, I don't think that it's totally up to me to decide if the culture is going to be a good fit for the candidate. I can certainly speak, you know, if I have a client to what I know about the culture at an organization, but ultimately only they will know if the culture is going to be a good fit. You know, there are people that that want that tight-knit family feel. Others want a super progressive organization where there's a lot of autonomy to get your work done with relying on teammates. Some want a place that offers happy hours and social events, and others are there really to get the job and go, go home to their families. Um, so a, another big part of culture that has come up more and more is how diverse the employee population is. We've seen this over and over again for the past couple of years. And if they're lacking in that piece, you know, what is their diversity strategy look like moving forward? What programs are in place? What is the multi-year roadmap? If, if organizations don't have that in place, that's a big turnoff to, to some candidates as well. And that's something that they certainly take into consideration when looking at a company culture. So, so lots to think about. Um, but I think, you know, it's, it's been a little bit tough for people to really see, you know, throughout the last year, if a company is going to be a culture fit without actually going into the 
into the building and getting to know the people face to face. You know, a lot of interviews right now are being done virtually. So I think it's been a little bit tough, you know, to really find out. But that's also why companies are making the interview process longer and longer. So they do have the opportunity to get to meet as many people as possible, which is a great thing, you know, especially throughout the last year. Wow, that's indeed a huge topic. Thanks for sharing all this insight. Um, when we think about, you know, executive recruiting, I can't help but think about confidentiality. Would you say that it's more significant when dealing with candidates at that level? And if so, in what ways? Sure. So I will say that I treat every conversation that I have with candidates as confidential unless they are asking me directly to market them to clients I am working with or have worked with. That bucket of candidates are mostly for people that are active in the job market. The majority of the candidates that I speak to are passive on their search. They may just want to get you know, a pulse on the market to see what types of opportunities are out there. They may simply want to be connected with an executive recruiter. So if and when the time comes up to start their search, we have an established relationship. I would also say most of the candidates I deal with at the executive level certainly want our, conf- or our conversation to remain confidential. Oftentimes, they are managing large teams. They don't want it getting out there that they're considering leaving their current organization. And really, that has to be on, on their time to share that news. So again, on my side, completely confidential. Um, when a candidate is interviewing through my team, the entire process from start to finish remains confidential unless they say so. These days with, with millions on LinkedIn, that is often the time that people are going to share that they've made a move. Um, and so I let them do that on their time. You know, always it's, it's extremely crucial at the executive level, especially. But again, every conversation to me, client and candidate will always remain confidential unless they give me the green light to, to proceed otherwise. Yeah, so I'm going to be in touch with you from the next role. I love that you are so respectful of that process. Um, thank you for that. So I also know that, um, unfortunately, we are still dealing with COVID-19. And, uh, you know, we, we thought it was going to be over soon, but, you know, we just don't know. And I'm sure the recruiting industry was kind of caught off guard, like most of us, uh, with this whole pandemic. How would you say it has impacted your industry? Well, this year has been a roller coaster ride, to put it lightly, right? Um, it has been full of emotion, you know, lost jobs, companies shutting down, laying people off, furloughing people. You know, it came full force in a short amount of time that left organizations really scrambling with employees being sent home for over a year at this point. And really, I think it was our job as recruiters to be sounding boards for our clients, for our candidates, that many were in a mad panic. It wasn't the time for us to go to our clients and you know ask for business and, and things like that. It was really our time to rise up and say, how can we support you? We know that you might not have the budget to hire this high-level employee. We do have other services where we can get a contractor in. You know, really, even talking about employee engagement initiatives and and things like that. Um, 
And really, as a recruiter, I knew I knew I had to remain as calm as possible when talking to candidates that did lose their jobs or were concerned about stability within their organization. Really had to sharpen up my listening skills and give it my all to help them one way or the other. And there was a lot of them. Um, we, we definitely, you know, in terms of our industry, you know, certainly we had a lot of jobs go on hold that we were actively recruiting on and many companies went on hiring freezes. There just truly wasn't enough jobs to go around for those that were seeking them. However, you know, I will say my division at Lucas Group had many successes throughout a global pandemic, which I know we are super proud of. We really were just able to band together and help as many as we could, reach as many as we could, you know, past clients, past candidates, check in. Um, but, but I will say that I think the good news is the market has taken a dramatic turn in the last couple of months. Jobs that went on hold have reopened, hiring freezes have lifted, and, and I think you know, we're on track so far to have a record year. So I know we're super proud of that. Um, but yeah, absolutely, absolutely impacted our industry and, and many others. You know, so, so I think we could share that in common with, with a lot of other people out there throughout this last year. Oh, definitely. I can see how the pandemic has required or has been imposed on us. And so we've had to become very creative, uh, no matter what our industry is. So thank you for sharing that. That's very helpful. For sure. Absolutely. Okay. It's that time in every episode where we do our rapid fire questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Bring it on. Yay. Okay. Five questions. Each one requires less than 60 seconds to respond. Here we go. Give us one book that all talent development professionals must read and why. So with this one, I would say, and, and honestly, it's, it's the author, you know, because she's got a ton of books out there that really, really speak to work life, home life, you know, and, and juggling, you know, really both of those. But if you have never read a book by Brene Brown, or also listen to one of her speaking engagements, you're certainly missing out. She's amazing. I would say that my, my favorite book that she has read or written is Dare to Lead. Certainly, certainly one to pick up, pick up a copy, read it, and you'll, you'll want to read more. I promise you that. Nice. Agree. I've seen her speak. I saw her special on Netflix and then I've read her books. Love it. Great choice. Okay, give us one tool that you recently learned about and immediately started using. You know, this is probably, you know, I, I don't know where we were, but we did not use Microsoft Teams. Um, and, and we adopted and implemented it almost right away, you know, at, at the beginning of the pandemic. And I think that is, is something that's been an amazing tool, not just for my local team, for my national team, when we've had our biweekly calls for me to use, you know, instead of speaking on the phone all the time with my candidates and my clients and having some face-to-face, -face, especially when we were all in lockdown, you know, and we weren't having a ton of human interaction, to be honest with you, it was nice to see a friendly face and actually have conversation and not just talk about work, you know, and talk about COVID and, you know, we're actually having, you know, getting to know people on a different level. So Microsoft Teams, I'm a huge fan. Awesome. And as a trainer, I'm very thankful that they just instituted breakout rooms. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Isn't it great? It's awesome. Finally. Yay. Yes. Okay. So yes. what is the best piece of professional advice you've ever been given? 
So I would say, you know, make it a priority to find a mentor within your organization. I was taught that very early on in my first role I had out of college, and I still use him as a mentor today. And as soon as I, I came to Lucas Group, we were partnered with a mentor, and I've gained a, a couple additional ones along the way and talk to as many people as you can. We are all human. We are all going to make mistakes and take wrong turns I think it's imperative that we continue to learn and seek out new ideas and knowledge to pe- from people that likely have made these same mistakes throughout their career. Awesome. Well stated and very important in the path to being an executive if someone's interested in that. That sure is, right? Yeah. So what's one thing you're excited about that's coming up in 2021? So I, I think I mentioned this earlier, but, you know, the job market taking a turn, you know, it, it, it was it was rough several months, you know, and I think we're moving in a positive direction, you know, and I've seen that the past couple of months and truly feel that things can only move in a, in a positive direction from here. I know my national HR team is is absolutely crushing it so far, matching top notch candidates up with their next job opportunity. Um, you know, the second thing that that I'm excited about. And honestly, it's in process. And I know it maybe is moving a little bit slower for some people than others, but the vaccine rollout, it has been amazing to see. And I know we're all yearning to get back to some kind of normalcy, but we still have to be patient and vigilant. And and I I know we're not out of the woods yet, but I think we're getting close. So I was extremely excited to see that the vaccine has been in process and we're moving in a good direction there. Yeah, agreed. Okay, final question. What is the one thing within the Association for Talent Development community that you're deeply grateful for right now? I am deeply grateful for my candidates and clients that have stuck by me and in Lucas Group. I don't know many people or organizations that honestly didn't go through their fair share of challenges and frustrations over the last year, but I know we did our best to rise up and support as best as we could as hard as this last year was seeing the tremendous amount of empathy and compassion people had for one another through it all was, was truly incredible to watch. So extremely grateful for the people around me and those that I will be meeting in the future. (laughs) Oh, nice. Thank you. Sarah, we're so happy that you joined us today to share your wisdom with our listeners. You know, it's always so helpful to hear from you, especially, but also, you know, thinking about professionals in your industry who are on this side of the fence, so to speak. That was super informational. Thank you for being so candid and for sharing this with us. Of course. I appreciate you all having me today. It was fun. It was absolutely fun to do. And and I, I hope we can meet again next time. Definitely. And thank you to my co-host as well. It was my pleasure. Thank you. Many thanks to our community for listening. Before you go, we have a message from our producer, Helena Hodges. Do you ever wonder how other talent development professionals are navigating our world? Or better yet, maybe you have a story to share. Then check out our Day in the Life of a TD Professional. If you're interested in being featured on our website, submit your story at dcatd.org. Would you like to be even more involved in our wonderful community? Go to dcatd.org and click on Volunteer to get started. Mm-hmm.